Hello, my name is Dr. Lynette Louise. Other people call me the Brain Broad, and I am listening to Culture Matters. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Culture Matters Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. We are on episode number 123. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, it would be a good idea to do that right now. And while you're at it, why don't you leave a review? Because that would be appreciated as well. Today's guest is Lynette Louise. Dr. Lynette Louise, a.k.a. The Brain Broad, is an international brain change and behavior expert. She is a speaker, award-winning author and filmmaker, performer, recognized humanitarian, neurofeedback and behavior expert, and creator, host, therapist for the international docuseries Fix It in Five with Lynette Louise, a.k.a. The Brain Broad, which airs on the Autism Channel. Lynette works hands-on with brain-challenged clients and their families both in homes and in institutions around the world. She's also the single mother of no less than eight noun-grown children, and six were adopted and four were on the autism spectrum. Only one of her sons retains his label and remains dependent. Let's get right to the interview because it's a serious and very interesting talk we're having here. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Hello, Lynette. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm perfectly fine as well. Can I can I address you without your academic title? Would you please? <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer it. As okay. a matter of fact, uh-huh. having an academic title has cost me a little bit of business because I was much more connected to people right. in their minds when yeah. I was just the mom who did miracles. So you can call me whatever you want. Okay. All right. So L- Lynette is good enough for you at this moment. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, we started this conversation. Uh, at, well, that was before. Actually, I hit record like a, a good morning and um, a good afternoon. Here, it's a good afternoon. Here, it's five. No, it's ten past five in the afternoon. What time is it where you are? And tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you're from, and what your cultural frame of reference is. Well, it's 9, 10 a.m. I'm in Southern California. Uh, I'm not from here. I'm originally from Canada, and I grew up in what we called Winterpeg because it was so freaking cold. Um, you know, it's actually Winnipeg, Manitoba, the gateway to the West. Uh because of having grown up with so much cold and uh, not enjoying that at all, <laughs> I had my sights on Southern America for a long, long time. Right. And I remember I, I used to go across the border shopping, and I think you people have, have no idea. You just live here. You could just drive south. What are you doing in North Dakota? So, <laughs> so my aim 
from the time I was very young uh-huh. was Southern California, partly because of the weather, but also because I'm eclectic. And even though I'm a doctor, my original interest was the arts. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Hollywood's here. Um, so my frame of reference, I'm, eclectic's a good word. I've, uh, you know, I raised a lot of kids and stuff and adopted and did all these things. I've had many adventures in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've traveled doing them. I even lived in an RV with uh, eight children at one point. So mm-hmm. I'm a hybrid, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I travel internationally for work. So I just, I'm not really sure who I am anymore, but I really like it. Okay, that's good. Which part is Southern California? Uh, is that LA or further south? I'm really close to LA, about 45 minute drive at 2 a.m. when there's no traffic. Okay, right. But you can you can actually drive for 45 minutes within Los Angeles as well. Well, you could drive for 45 minutes just to go down the block if the traffic's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's a really important point to know when to take your car onto the freeway. Mm-hmm. And yes, Los Angeles is quite widespread. It doesn't have a lot of tall buildings, some, no. but it tends to be sort of spread out like a broken egg. That's true. Why? I mean, why California? You said because it's eclectic, uh, because Hollywood is there. I mean, further south or further south, I mean, the whole southern border of the U.S., um, including Florida as well, is, is warm. So why, why especially California? Again, because I began as a performer. I was a, oh, okay. when I was raising my kids, you mm-hmm. know, I was a stand-up comedian and an actress. And then I was a brain person, um, and I was in the eastern part of the States, and I wanted to move somewhere where I could be more colorful Mm -hmm. and present the information that I have and use all my skills and not have to sort of separate myself into pieces. Right. And California really fit that bill. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Just uh, quickly, uh, in uh, coming from Canada to the United States, what would you... Being up close and personal, being originally from Canada, going to the United States, what would you consider being some cultural differences between those two countries? Well, this is a really important thing to bring up in that you can't say Canada and the United States because even moving in Canada itself or in the States itself, you have cultural change. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Midwest. And when I moved to Toronto, from Winterpeg to Toronto, right. I had huge cultural change. Mm-hmm. And I, in, for in example, what way, yeah, I was, yeah. For example, I had an adopted brother, yeah. and I say had because he has passed now. Mm. Um, but he was uh, Native American. Well, I guess Indigenous is what we say in Canada. We just said Indian when I was a kid. Right. Um, so he he had a really hard time when he lived in Winnipeg because they were very prejudiced against that particular race. Uh But when we moved to Toronto and he joined me, all of a sudden it was easy to get a job. He was considered one of the cool guys. And all that was was a cultural shift. And that's within our own country. Hmm. So when I moved, I didn't move from Canada to the States. I moved from Toronto Hmm. to Texas. And that's important because Texas Mm -hmm. (laughs) has its very own culture. It's very unique culture. And I didn't come prepared with that in mind. And I'll give you an example. Yes, please. Yeah, I was doing stand-up comedy at the time. And Mm -hmm. in Toronto, much like in New York, you say the F word a lot. It's Mm -hmm. part of the rhythm of creating the laugh. 
Well, in Texas, if a woman's on stage and and cussing or swearing, as I would say, um, they really immediately didn't like me. And I didn't get it. I'm like, these jokes are funny. What's going on? And it was another comedian took me aside and said, you're not in the right state for what you're saying. Hmm. And helped me to reorganize that a little bit. And then it went well. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, tell me a joke, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want it to be clean? or do you want No, well, this is, this is a clean podcast, yes. <laughs> No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's um, okay. So, so that's and um, and in terms of uh, how is how is uh, Texas then different from from say where you live right now? Um, it's hugely different, and I'll just pick a couple things. I mean, we could probably do an entire show just on one state, right? But for example, uh, California feels a lot like what I would call Comerica. Mm -hmm. And so it's comfortable for me because it's got a lot of similarities to Canada. It's a little bit more socialist. There's a little bit more involvement in the programming. Um, there's some atrocities too. Don't don't let me sure. mispresent it because I actually came here expecting it to be all hippies and went what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it does have more of a you know the tax base is more like it was in Toronto. It's it feels a bit more like home, kind of a the best of both worlds for me. Mm -hmm. um, Texas had a great freedom in it that you don't have here. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, there was a kind of what looks like a lesser IQ, but isn't. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of, um, you know, you can live in your truck on a piece of land while you wait to have enough money to dig a well. And, you know, you can... You can trade a truck for a piece of land. You right. can, um, you have the right to work state where, you know, the gun laws are different, that everything is different. And so the attitude of the people, um, they put their manners mm -hmm. on, you know, saying, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, very, very warm and friendly. But then there's a lot more um, right to shoot someone. So. <laughs> Okay. So, okay, so uh, I I was comfortable at first and loved the freedom, mm -hmm. but wanted to uh, move beyond that. Okay, is there any any plans of moving um, out of where you live right now? Well, for me, and I don't know if you're comfortable with me talking politics at all, and I don't want to talk it. No, it's politics. fine. Fine by me. I don't want to do that in depth because I don't feel uh, aware enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely am not comfortable living in a chosen country mm -hmm. where the choice of a leader is someone who would talk in such a derogatory manner right. uh, to other cultures, other countries, women, that sort of thing, um, and make up things just out of, you know, just lie, mm -hmm. like say they rake, rake the forest in Finland, that kind of, you know, just fabricating yeah so so for me i have been looking at do i want you know to go back to canada and i've gone up a lot and my mom's sick up there so mm. there's been sort of some movement in that direction i'm not sure where i'll land we'll see mm. okay all right okay just curious um, i i do concur i mean i do agree with um with your statement about your leader and i think a lot of non-americans agree with that as well um uh, yes so, so what's that? 
and a lot of Americans. I yeah, mean, it's true. But also, also many Americans don't don't uh, agree with you. I mean, agree with him. So enough, and, and that's democracy. I mean, you get what you um, not not what you deserve. That's not really fair. But you get what you vote for, and that, and that's just that's the that's the system we agreed on. I guess that's what it is. So, and we follow the pendulum swing all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you could see it. Like oh, we had this, so now let's have that yeah. instead of meeting in the middle. And hopefully, your show continues to impact people in a way that helps us live in the middle a little bit more it's a much healthier place to be yeah and at least or at least understand the other the other side better rather yeah. than condemn them straight away right um all right enough of the politics there so <laughs> i do i do like the subject though i do like but it's uh, it gets too colored like that and this is culture matters and we should talk about culture um and the reason the 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 one reason that i um wanted you on the show is that you have an international experience And you do a show, or you do a, a fix it in five with Lynette Louise or the Brain Broad, and it's a show that you do, and it airs on the Autism Channel. And with my Culture Matters podcast, I try to talk about culture from all angles, uh, because I mean, a student, a professor, somebody like you, uh, a comedian, uh, travelers. It, as soon as you cross a border, culture matters, and I think when you do that, I think culture matters. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is, the brain brought? How did you come up with that? What do you do? What's your, your motivation or passion there? Well, okay, so you probably already noticed that I'm somewhat eclectic. You know, I'm a performer, a yes. comedian, a brain person. So <clears throat> people wanted to call me the brain lady or, you know, something that was classy. And I'm like, Guys, if you know, if they start vetting me, they're going to know I'm colorful, mm -hmm. right? So they're going to pull some old stand-up routine on, on and put it on CNN, and I'll be in trouble. So why don't we just own this? And I'm going abroad anyway, so why don't we work with that? So mm -hmm. it sort of evolved. I made a couple of jokes, and it stuck. Um, and so then I made it, you know, I went with it. I, I actually am very comfortable with coming out of the gate saying, Here I am. I've done a lot. I travel all over the world, and I do what it takes because mm -hmm. that's that's really true. And that would take a little bit of a broad. So, um, and then I could make uh, make reference to that. I work on brain behavior and optimize brain function at home and abroad. And so, mm -hmm. so it evolved. Um, and fix it in five is I, as I was doing my work. So just to help people, I work with neurofeedback primarily and play uh, which is what I would call behavioral responding in the moment with fun and light uh, and I help change brain function and the function in the families and there's a lot of myths around this stuff a yeah. lot of misinformation and so I was traveling all over the world doing it and seeing that regardless of diet regardless of culture, regardless of like the of religion, regardless of economic standing, there was a certain level of change that I could create mm -hmm. that was health giving. And that sort of broke down that a lot of what's being sold to people is not true. But when I was speaking and sharing this at uh, conferences and whatnot, it's too easy to blow holes in that. And you're stuck in confidentiality when you work with people in mental health, of course. So mm -hmm. there's lots I couldn't say that I wanted to be able to say. 
And I wanted to, at the very least, by the time I die, have shown the world that, you know, this isn't correct. You don't have to be depressed and you don't like these things that that are billion dollar industries worldwide Mm -hmm. are causing more harm than good. So I I just bit the bullet and started bringing cameras with me and chose families that uh, couldn't have afforded me otherwise because it's very expensive to have me fly over and work with your family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I did one in Uganda. It's only going to be five families. I'm paying for it all to keep it pure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have I've done some funding, but but basically I'm in charge of making sure that it's doing good work, not going for ratings and sensationalism. And I go to a home where there's someone in the home that has autism and uh, and another brain dysfunction, not just autism, because I don't want people to think it only works for autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, we do we're there five days and there's an episode per day. And then I go somewhere else. So, so far, I've done Israel, Uganda, and San Francisco. And I'm actually still looking for the other two families. So, if anyone's interested, please contact me at brainbroad.com or lynnettelouise.com. Okay. So, let let me just step back a little bit. How do you you get the families? How do you get – what do you do? To whom do you do what you do? And, And how do they find you or how do you find them? I don't pursue mm-hmm. or seek clients. Okay. Um, so it's a different world now. Um, and when you're working in brain dysfunction, there's, uh, you know, the internet has all these groups on social media that talk to each other and share what's happened. Um, so when I first stepped into this, it was because I adopted six children, four were multiply handicapped, and only one is still retaining his label. So mm-hmm. that was that was a miracle after a miracle after a miracle. And uh, against, you know, all odds, uh, they got better. Mm-hmm. But it's not really against all odds. Nowadays, we know more and we know that the kids can improve and um But there's, you know, there's mixed information out there and you still get told that, you know, you should put your child in an institution. So, so I had to sort of invent the wheel with the kids. There was no no knowledge at the time. And I was just a performer adopting kids that needed help. And uh, it just went from there. People saw the changes. First, they, you know, it was a problem and I had to do it privately or live in an RV so we could escape the persecution of, of the educational system. But then as they got better, um, other parents noticed and asked how and why and started asking me to help them. And and then the internet was born. I'm mm-hmm. old, right? I'm in my 60s, so the internet wasn't there initially. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> once people started gathering and talking, they would just find me. Yeah. And say, well, can you do it? And then when we had an economic crash, I became cheaper mm. um, overseas than here. And that actually really pushed my international presence mm. okay. forward. And and what do you do? I mean, I, I, you just said uh, you, you don't only work with people with, um, with autism. But I mean, for the sake of an argument, it's to clarify for the audience as well and for, my, for me – Say there's there's a child that has uh, can I say a mild level level of, of of autism or a spectrum broad autism dysfunction or something like that. Is you can it, say it however you want. <laughs> pardon? 
<laughs> you can say it however you want. Yeah, well, it's I mean because it's a delicate subject, I, and I, I I want to tread carefully with this. So, what 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 is it that you do? I mean, you you meet okay. The internet has helped you in terms of of internationalizing this. What would you do with someone then? Okay, so first of all, to understand, I don't work only with children. I work with adults too, and okay. I work with whole and I work with whole families or groups so if you live in a group home i would work with the group home okay. um if, if you live at home home with your family i would work there if you um you know i talk to nurses i talk to teachers um i've gone into schools where they want to implement some of what i do and and i've taught the whole group so i believe very strongly and this really kind of fits in with culture mattering because mm -hmm. i believe very strongly that if you want to make quick and lasting change, you can't then keep sort of what I would call uh, using therapy as an antidote to the poison of the environment. So if the environment is reinforcing you are antisocial, yeah. for example, then you're going to keep on becoming more and more antisocial. So for me to really make lasting and large change, I need to switch all the players. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why um, it's a bigger subject than just do I put sensors on someone's head, look at their EEG, see where it's out of balance and teach their brain how to change. I don't just do that. I do do that, but mm -hmm. I don't just do that. Mm -hmm. I also teach the parents, the neighborhood. I do a talk to the neighborhood so that they all know what's going on and mm -hmm. how they can help. And I try to change the culture of the group. Their 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 understanding is one thing, but also their assessment of what they're seeing is is it something like that? Right. Yeah. And their and their ability to respond. Right. So yeah. you can't you can't respond if you don't know how. Exactly. You'll just do whatever you thought was right. That's what happens. We were talking before the show started. That's what happens if I walk into a business agreement with someone, and I have my cultural beliefs and I don't take the time to listen and examine or, or discover mm -hmm. theirs, then I'm just going to barrel in with my ideas and I may be offending everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I may cause a, a dissolution of the meeting just because I didn't understand how to respond correctly okay. at the beginning, at the introduction. So when you're working with a brain disorder, it's much more complicated, but it's the same idea. You have to know how to respond when the child says, uh, when you say hello, mm -hmm. nice to meet you, and he turns his back and walks away and says hello to the wall, mm -hmm. that was for you. Mm. Yeah. Right? And then what to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah right. It's true. I mean, I have, I have minor, minor experience with, uh, um, with one child that has has a broad spectrum autism uh dis distortion or something i guess uh, and it's 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 and 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 she does what she does and and uh, sometimes it's at times it's totally irrational and i i also don't know what to do with myself in in situations like that right that's what i'm saying so i i would teach you what to do with yourself and show you how it's rational yeah yeah, 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 something like that. Okay. And then well, also do also do the neurofeedback. And by the way, you know, I work with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Like, it's not limited to autism. That's just my specialty. Okay. And, and what is that? What is it? Neural feedback. What is it actually? What exactly is that? Have you heard of biofeedback? Yes. Okay. 
So this is biofeedback for the brain. So biofeedback is the umbrella term for looking at some process in your body that you wouldn't otherwise be privy to, like blood flow, uh, you know, muscle. I mean, right, right, a clear, right. A clear one is, is, is could be heartbeat. I'm, I've got one of those Apple watches that, that monitors your heart rate right. all, the, all right. the time. That's, and then and right. actually looking at your heartbeat and, and consciously trying to drop it, for instance, uh, that would be biofeedback, Correct. Correct. And you'd be able to do it. And it's amazing, right? Well, you can actually tell your brain not to fire certain groupings of frequencies at such a large amplitude Mm -hmm. simply by knowing. Mm -hmm. Simply by knowing. It's fascinating. And we we could get way into the science, but to understand you're basically learning how to change how your brain functions without a lot of effort. Right. Sounds really cool. So, and, and indeed, without without diving into the t- technology of it, um, I find I find that very interesting. But that's not the uh, the nature of the show. In any case, um, people that have a brain disorder in different countries are they being treated differently? Are they being looked at differently? Uh, in your opinion, who is bet better at it, and who still has a lot to learn? Wow, that's that's such a huge question. The answer yeah. is yes. Of course, they're treated differently. I mean, even uh, house to house, you're t- treated differently in the same country, right? Mm-hmm. So it's impossible not for that to be true. But I want to give you some clear examples to help you. Yeah. Um, first, understand that I try to go to a culture a little bit unaware. In the same way that I try to go to, uh, you know, once I've been there, it's impossible. But mm-hmm. um, when... When I first meet a client, I try not to know too much. I, there's some bare minimum stuff I need to know, like brain injuries and medicines and yeah. stuff. Um, that's because you have these, for me, because I want to learn, I'm going there to learn. I'm not going there to judge. I'm going there to go, all right, who are these people? And the less I know, the less blinded I am by what someone told me was correct. Hmm. You know, some Google search or something, right? Right. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. right, you understand? Because yeah. if I... Again, like the example I gave you of it, with an autistic person, if you sit, tell him he's antisocial because that's what you heard, then he becomes it. It's mm-hmm. self-fulfilling prophecy, and I want to have open eyes. Yeah. So, um, so often, <laughs> I'm stepping on some toes as I figure it out. I do tell them that mm-hmm. I'll do it this way, mm-hmm. um, and I do research it the, after the first night. Okay. So I have I have a lot of uh, time after the first night for them to sort of think over what we just learned and for me to research a bit more about the culture. Mm-hmm. But on day one, I can step on some toes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, an example in India, I was, you know, not dressed appropriately because I assumed that since there, I could see many people's midriffs that it would be fine to show my arms and it wasn't. Okay. Um, right. And uh, in Uganda, I was teaching the mom to be you know more relaxed with her daughter and her daughter got up and was dancing on a table in a restaurant which was so not okay (laughs) right she's like her culture is you know keep those special kids hidden in a shack like they often lock them up and leave them for the day and come back so yeah if you are walking into a place like that with a judgment mindset you won't be able to think in terms of how to help you'll be fighting what is and so um i just keep discovering i go well why well Mm -hmm. why 
And I try to find the ways in which we can shift it Mm -hmm. to a healthier thing while at the same time honoring the core of their culture. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's always these core beliefs and you have to honor those. And then there's all these beliefs that come on top of a culture. They're malleable. And that's the place where you want to work. Mm. And at the end of the day, every culture understands a smile. So Mm. that's true. You know, if you will just present yourself with beauty and energy and smiles and I, you know, I'm here to be of service, then usually you can make your way through that first day Mm -hmm. um, if you do it the way that I do. So those are a couple of little examples. Um, Like I said, in Uganda, most of the special children are the parents are told that it's because they've been cursed. Um, There's still a lot of witchery beliefs and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of sort of clashing of cultures and tribal customs that you have to work with. Um, I had to drink cow's blood to sort of gain respect in one spot. And um, there are there are things that you have to be willing to open your mind and just ask yourself the question, is this okay um, for my health and can I do this? And then go, okay, let's embrace your culture so that I can learn it and then help you. Have you ever bumped into something that that was uh, that was just outside your norms and values? Um, well, I refused to become a wife of the chief of the Maasai tribe, mm-hmm. so I had to do that without um, without there being any offense taken because it was right. a great honor. Yeah. And he was trying to offer me, you know, tutelage on how to build the houses made out of manure. Uh-huh. And it's really, they're fascinating houses. I mean, it's amazing what they pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to be able to respect and, and appreciate and not lose the ability to serve them at the same time. So that was a bit touchy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but But really, I don't, I don't... I don't think so, other than, you know, having to find a way to say this isn't what's possible for me. It's not that it's outside my values. Mm -hmm. It's because my job is to understand and to help shift them towards a healthier, happier state. Mm -hmm. And they hired me for that. Mm -hmm. So even when I have run across a lot of sexual abuse and a lot of domestic violence, and I've had to work with that. And yes, it's against my ethics and my values for that to be happening. Of course. But it's not that I can't go. My my desire to help is so big that I'm going to find what works mm. and not let my ethics and values get in the way of me being able to actually make a difference, but rather fuel me and motivate me and give me the energy to to make it through this sort of spider web of of horror yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so so it's a hard question to answer because you can't you can't do this kind of work uh, in different cultures if you if your brain leads with that should that can't happen that's not allowed some cultures actually incest is a piece of it hmm. and so you have to ask yourself where's the damage being done what's you know Inside this world they live in, what damage is happening, and and that's get that's getting in the way of healthier, happier people. Sounds sounds very interesting. Uh, it's and 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 it's it's 
it's I think it's I think it's also hard to describe what what you in the work that you do bump into what you I think it's hard to describe it when you get back home like how was your trip Lynette well um and it's like I don't <laughs> half of it is just unbelievable right right and and I have confidentiality for a lot of it mm, so yeah. I can't tell you yeah. but you know what you know what I discovered years ago I mean I started being international when I was raising kids I took my daughter on a trip and I said this was life changing we're all doing it and I took each of my eight kids even though I was very poor mm-hmm. anywhere in the world they wanted to go for two weeks they all had a turn okay. and uh, we learned so much and changed so much from that 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 really became something that I wanted to do for people and even then mm-hmm. even though we had a million stories and we'd had a great time when you get home you're just kind of it's there's too much to tell Right. And, yeah. and you're just it was fun and slowly some stories come out but they know ne- you never really you never really can impart all that you went through and mm. all that you evolved in your metamorphosis. No, it's it's hard from your side actually delivering it, and and the other, the other other side might also not always be interested in in hearing all your yeah. adventures and your stories because they've got their issues and sorrows and and, and chores going on as well, I guess. Right, um, right. You you mentioned earlier in in our conversation that you were still looking for two families. For, for what reason are you still looking for two families? Well, because when I decided to do this show, I decided I would do five families in five different countries. So I won't go back to a country I've already done a show in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also wanted to create sort of, you know, I have to show that it works across cultures and across races. Right. That are, right if I want to accomplish what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm looking kind of prejudiced against blondes. So I'm a little bit hoping for a very white looking family because I actually haven't done that. Okay. Um, and, you know, I want there to be this quite different uh, environment in each show. Obviously, there's more cultures in the world than five, but it's, like I said, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is yeah. my give back. So I'm sticking with five. If someone wants to pay for more, great, but I'm doing five. All right. And and if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that for this? Uh, yeah, just, just email me at lynettelouise.com. All I'll ask for is a pitch video. So you go and you make a little video saying why you think um, you would like to have me come in and help you. And there's trailers you can watch above the show. Or mm. if you have uh, a Roku box, you can watch the actual show on the Autism Channel. Or you can rent the actual show off my website as well. Um, that's how I get the money to do it. So okay. I would appreciate it if you did. Okay. All right. Good point. Okay. I'll, I'll put these in the show notes, of course, as well. Okay. Lynette, um, we're about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes in our in our talk. I try to keep the, my recordings around 30 minutes. Sometimes I run over when it's an interesting subject, and this is a good subject. Uh, <laughs> but not, Yes, because it's so different again. It's so different. It's um, It touches, again, an angle of, of culture, where culture plays a role that I, that I haven't seen either. So um, thanks for adding that. If if from your from your perspective, from your experience, if people want to get more culturally competent, how can they do that? Well, three tips. First of please. all, yeah. First of all, travel. You know, yeah. and and don't travel the along the tourist route because then you're treating a culture like zoo animals, mm-hmm. um, and that's not going to help you. That's just going to market to you. So travel somewhere and get to know somebody local. So you have to travel. You can't just do it by watching TV. Um, And begin, number two, I'd say, begin every interaction with every culture, whether it's in your own 
country, whether it's in a different country, begin it with a smile. Mm -hmm. Give your presence the accepting, open feeling to them. Pass it to them. You may even be in a culture where eye contact isn't considered a good idea in the very beginning, but they'll see your smile and they'll know you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different thing than being reticent and pulling back and and I wonder what I should do. So just enter it with a open, smiling face and let that then help you to create the relationship that allows you to become better at this. Um, And listen, you can't, uh, it's important to share your stuff. Like you've given me an opportunity to share some of my Mm -hmm. observations and, um, you know, I, as I said, I walk in kind of blind and then research once I'm already there because it's been flavored by truth. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of tease it out that night. Mm-hmm. And I can ask the people, too, if it applies to them. But when you come into people and they're from a different culture, how are you going to know or become competent if you don't ask, if you don't mm-hmm. listen, if you don't pay attention? That would be like saying, I want you to do this uh, physics, this physics algorithm for me to some grade one student like you know Mm -hmm. you you have to do the work to become better and the beauty is this is this is fun work Mm -hmm. this is heart work this is um it makes you more sophisticated you want to be more sophisticated and knowledgeable and intelligent then you open yourself up to understanding others and all of a sudden your brain expands and you understand layers that you never understood before and you feel happier because you're not busy going, that's bad, that's good, that's Mm -hmm. bad, that's good. And that is a happier soul. So you benefit you. You do all that for you. Okay, sounds good. Got three tips written down. They'll be in the show notes as well. As your website will be, um, LynetteLouise.com. That's it, right? Yeah, that or BrainBroad.com. Okay, BrainBroad. I'll put that in as well. No problem. Well, it's been a pleasure and an enlightening pleasure for sure, Lynette, to, um, to talk to you, Dr. Lynette. Um, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other. And I thank you again for being on the show. Oh, and I thank you for sharing your audience with me. It was a pleasure. You're very fun. Thanks. You let me talk. (laughs) I do. (laughs) You take care for today. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Lynette, again for taking the time out of your schedule to come on the show here and and explain to us us how this works and also how this works in an international context, of course. Well, that's it for the uh, 123rd episode of the Culture Matters podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. That would really appreciate it. And while you're at it, leave a review in iTunes as well. The music you're hearing in the background comes from Bensound. Check them out at bensound.com. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters podcast. And I'll be back in two weeks' time. By the way, the last episode, I talked to Jennifer S. Royal about what it is to be an international magician. Check that out as well. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.